Hi, I'm Christos Gage, writer of Superior Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man, and Spider Island, and you're listening to The Amazing Spider Talk. Too many who know the angles, uncover and untangle All the questions and the webs left out to tangle I'll be in 1962, last Wednesday's afternoon They'll bend your ears with reckless self-abandon The Amazing Spider-Talk The Amazing Spider-Talk Come swing through the air Sit back and prepare For the Amazing Spider-Talk Hello and welcome to The Amazing Spider-Talk. My name is Dan Gavazdan and I'm the founder and editor of SuperiorSpiderTalk.com. And I'm Mark Chinacchio, founder of the Chasing Amazing blog and an editor at Superior Spider Talk. Well, thanks, everybody, for joining us for the 22nd episode of our coverage of Volume 4 of Amazing Spider-Man. We hope you have a happy new year and that you enjoy this podcast and that it provides an intelligent conversation between two fans and collectors as we look at the Spider-Man comic universe in a bit of a bigger picture. Yeah, Dan, and for this episode, we'll be discussing Amazing Spider-Man Volume 4, Number 22, a 22nd issue. Well, what's going on here? Like, haven't we rebooted yet? This seems crazy to me. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe in the Um, new year, you'll get your wish. There we go. Uh, that issue will be is uh, written and created by Dan Slott, Christos Gage, and Giuseppe Comancoli. Uh Then we'll respond to a couple of comments and emails, talk about some uh, interesting solicit news, and then, of course, you know, find out how I murdered Uncle Ben uh, in the finale, which you got to listen for, right? I mean, that's the essential part, especially especially during Clone Conspiracy. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's the <laughs> opportunity that Ben might not die forever this time. Exactly. Unlike exactly. all the other times where he's never come back. Well, speaking of coming back, Dan, why don't we get into issue 22 and find out exactly how Ben Riley came back? We're getting better at this. <laughs> that was actually a decent transition. Well, I guess it would be nice. Dan, as our expertly uh, timed uh, transition indicated, Macy uh, Spider-Man Volume 4, number 22, was the explanation of Ben Riley's return. I mean, just in a quick summation, I mean, we, we, we kind of kick off where the Clone Conspiracy number 3 left off, which was, you know, the big reveal with Ben and Peter being like, Ben, how could you? Um, and, and then Ben explains how he could. And, uh, you know, basically he just got tormented by the jackal until he had his uh, overcoming 
the odds moment, except a little, a little bit of a twist. And uh, so why don't we talk a little bit about the twist of, of, of Ben's arc here and what we liked and maybe what we didn't like as much in this issue. I think this was probably one of the stronger issues of this storyline so far. Would you say so, Dan? Yeah, and I think we last episode we discussed that we thought it kind of had had to be. Like if it was going to sell this concept to us, it had a lot of work to do in order to get us to buy uh, that Ben was back and doing these things. And I think for myself, it works on the most part. What what about you, Mark? Yeah, I mean it's – it works in that it explains the core – Re- premise, uh, and, you know, gives gives a justification for the core premise of this story, which is why is Ben Riley back, and why is Ben Riley reanimating the dead people from Peter Parker's past? Um, there are a bunch of ancillary questions which I think remain unanswered, and I, after this issue, don't think we're going to even attempt to answer, which is frustrating for me. But let's let's deal with what got answered, um, and of course with the the core premise of the book. Because I, I just I kind of think that's not you know not to make it sound like we're grading on a curve or anything, but that's I think that's just kind of where we're at. Like what's you know this idea of of why would Ben be basically taking over as the new jackal and, and and bringing these you know kind of taking over on the cloning experiments and i thought that the sequences that showed that were pretty compelling i mean do you want to kind of give a little quick blow by blow about what we saw in those scenes well before we even get into that i wanted to address the structure of this issue um, sure because it's different than the ones we've gotten before i mean yes it's a flashback like the stories before but I think what makes this issue, even from just the get-go, better than the previous issues is that Peter is the one that is being told about what is happening. So by its very nature, hopefully we won't have to rehash this for Peter in the Clone Conspiracy book. So it's a flashback, but it still advances the plot or or even just kind of fleshes out the plot in a way that I felt the other – you know, titles, the Amazing Spider-Man titles as part of this story have not. And and that, even just from the start, I think is a huge improvement. And I wish that the rest of these stories had found a way to um, to do this um, as well. Although, to be fair, Kane and Spider-Gwen aren't there to hear this explanation, so we still might get another reaction. That, that, that is fair. That is fair. <laughs> <laughs> so hold that, that, hold that, 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 that positivity for a second there, Dad. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I mean, I, 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 think, I think this story flowed more organically than the previous issues of Amazing Spider-Man. It didn't feel – I mean – there was a lot of exposition, but it was necessary exposition. It didn't feel bogged down. I mean, my 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 one quibble on that regard, and and you know, this I I, I could have done with a little less um, recapping on like Clone Saga um, backstory. I mean, you know, 
on the flip side, this is probably the most succinct explanation of the clone saga <laughs> one could ever ask for. Um, but, um, but yeah, I mean, we, 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 we definitely, before we get into the, the Ben and, and, and Miles backstory here, I mean, we definitely get a, a fair amount of, um, you know, recapping of the clone saga about, you know, Ben coming from the shadows and, you know, yada, 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 glider in the back, clone goo, you know, before we pick up on, on Miles cleaning up the clone goo and bringing him back to the lab. Um, but that's, I mean, you know, every comic is somebody's first comic and, and that's, you know, even some of the great stories have those moments in it. So like, whatever. Let, yeah, that doesn't uh, bother me at all. Yeah, um, I, 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 you know, like I, you know, it's just, it's just in, in, in tandem with what we've gotten in some of these other issues, it was just kind of like, as I started reading the comic before we got into the story, I was like, oh my God, if this is going to be like an entire recap of the clone saga, I'm going to freak. And then it actually settled into the story itself. So I think it was probably just an initial gut reaction of based on what we've gotten previously. Yeah, that didn't bother me. Uh, although I do think some of the details as recapped there are, are kind of a little off. Um, and you can tell me whether my memory is even foggy because you've read the Clone Saga more recently than me. Um, you know, there's a lot of nice things here like the callback to the Lost Years, uh, the story we just discussed. Um, but like I think some of the reasonings behind Ben, ben Riley's actions are a little strange. Like um, he, he says in this that he, uh, you know, he came back, you know, for – um, you know, his his friends and that he had kind of found himself. But really he had came back because he wanted to see Aunt May. And then the reason he felt rejected, you know, in this comic it shows him feeling rejected by seeing Peter hugging Aunt May when the real moment in – I think it's in issue 400 is he sees Peter with MJ and feels rejected that he's not the right guy. Um, am, I, am, I, am I wrong about those details? I I don't know if you're wrong. I mean, it, it's it's both. I mean, I definitely in rereading the Clone Saga got the impression that um you know, part part of what hurt was this idea that I mean, he came back to see Aunt May, found that she was sick and found Peter and MJ around them kind of moving on with their lives as a family and he just kind of resented all of that. You know what I mean? Like that was um so it's kind of a partial piece of the story i mean it's a it's a nitpick for sure you know like it's it's the imagery is is not the same but i think the spirit is probably there um also not not for nothing i mean with with brand new day one more day whatever like how would how would that even if it you know if they wanted to visualize mj i mean how would that even work I know it's oh they did everything except they're not married but you know what I mean. Like, That's an excellent point. An excellent point. Uh, uh, I did not think about that. So just going straight to MJ, uh, straight to Aunt May probably just simplifies that substantially. <laughs> There's another moment that I think is actually uh, pertinent to discussing the overall plot of this story is in the flashbacks. Ben, you know, he says that he. You know, he made all these new friends, which, you know, people who read Amazing Spider-Man during the day briefly met Ben's supporting cast, which was meant to be the ongoing supporting cast of the Spider-Man books with Ben taking over. 
who never really got off the ground really um, during that time. But he says that he found like a new identity for himself and felt like a whole person, which is what um, called him to action um, to save Peter and sacrifice himself because he had finally felt like his own person and he finally felt worthy. Um, But later in the story, that seems very much the case where he says he feels like he's nothing. He's a, you know, he's just a clone. He's not a real person. And those people are never called back to again. And I know that they're not like fondly looked back on. It just seems like a strange turn for the character within this single issue for him to say like, I was a whole person to him being like, I was nobody. Um, does that, does that stand out to you at all? Um, not as much. I mean, again, I, I, I think, you know, my, my takeaway from that was, you know, he started to feel whole, but then once he was kind of back into the mindset of being the clone, it kind of robs him of all that again. You know what I mean? Like, you know, he started to come into his own, uh, when he was still under the impression that he was the real Peter, you know, like, and that he could make a, a new life for himself, but, you know, kind of being reverted back into the old mindset, probably, you know, probably kind of washed away the goodwill that he kind of felt he earned for himself. I don't know. That's yeah, just kind no, of that makes sense. I mean, I think turning into dust and goop or whatever probably changes you. Right. Yeah, it's a little bit. It's a little bit. Um, And then, you know, dying and being reborn 20, how many times? 22? 27. 27 times. Um, I'm sure there's a reason for such a number, but, you know, we'll, 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 or maybe not. (laughs) I was was curious about that because it seemed, you know, it's a large number, but it's not so large, you know? Uh, No, but it's specific. Um, I mean... 27, I, you know, short of just us sitting here for five minutes and speculating about random things, I just, I don't know exactly what it means. I mean, maybe we can throw this fishing line out to the, the audience and see what some of their theories are or if there's a theory to it. Like, cause I'm trying to think, was it 27 years from like the publication of, of the first Spider-Man? I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, um, because, eh. No, it wouldn't have been that because the Clone Saga ended in 97 and the first Spider-Man was 62, so that's not 27. So I don't know. I just don't know, Dan. It's just weirdly specific. But, I mean, at the same time, if you were killed 27 times, you would know that number. Right, right. Um, It's not like something specifically happened in uh, Spider-Man 27 or, you know, like, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, um, we we did find out why why peter didn't recognize his voice which you know you and i i don't think really cared all that much about but certainly plenty of our listeners were kind of um talking about it i guess it's one of those things that you know dance lots recognizing the fan base and their needs right <laughs> yeah right um he has a voice modulator so there you go and answer there's your no prize everybody <laughs> <laughs> um but um, and I did kind of like how he was like, oh, how, how, what was it? How did you do it or something? And it was like, oh, I used a voice modulator. I mean, it's it's nice that Ben at least kind of exhibited a sense of humor 
prior to that. So, <laughs> well, you know, to to kind of you know bury that problem is one thing, but here's another one that I thought of uh, when rereading this issue, and I guess I could have retroactively applied it to the last issue. If I'm not mistaken, Ben does not set off Peter's spider sense. So right. how did he dodge Peter's attacks using his spider sense? He even says here, I won't even dodge your attacks. Uh, you know, as, what I remember of Ben is he didn't trigger Peter's spider sense, but Ben himself could pick up on the Venom symbiote because he was never, you know, merged with the Venom, Venom symbiote. Um, is that correct? Am I correct in my memory? I think so. Yeah. So I guess that that's sounds an, about right. That's a little weird, like you know, anomaly there. Um, yeah, I, I mean, well, I mean, Peter doesn't pick up on doesn't his spider senses go off because he doesn't see him as a threat. I thought that's what it was coming down to. And if Peter is trying to attack him and he's dodging his attacks, I mean, it's because he sees him as a threat, right? I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. All right. No prize away. There we go. Got it. Winner. <laughs> um, okay, um, yeah, but let's get let's get into the actual like meat and potatoes here of this story. The the him being brought back twenty seven times. What did you think of this idea about how this transformed the character? Yeah, so I mean, you know, the thing, Dan, of course, I mean, putting aside the fact that you know, there's been a lot of, I think, work in this story to try and establish the fact that Ben as the Jackal isn't all bad, although there are decisions and alliances that he's making that might suggest otherwise. All, with that all being said, I, I, I do think to kind of explain how he became the Jackal and was kind of becoming this, you know, mastermind of another clone saga, it, it needed to show something pretty traumatic for the character i think they take him to that point and 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 that this story does that i i i I can't i can't quibble with that in the least i mean it's it's this idea uh, i i think there was an arc to it i mean it was you know basically it starts out with with him in in the, the 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 clone tank and you know he's been regenerated by the jackal by miles warren um except there's a flaw in the regeneration and you know, the, basically the jackal then begins this this process of torturing him and over and over by killing him, bringing him back, finding a flaw in in the regeneration, and then killing him again. And and you know, for whatever reason, I guess to kind of play trial and error, you know, Warren kills him all these different ways, um, which is like I think even more horrifying. I mean, if it was one thing to just you know to burn him or to drown him or to acid wash him or whatever. <laughs> you know, like well, a, you know. Even worse, he doesn't like clone him from the original batch over and over again. He allows the memories to build up. So it's like, yes. that's, that is the sickest part of the whole thing. Yeah. And, and, you know, as through each iteration, it's like this, you know, basically Ben's human. You know, whatever was left of Ben's humanity is is completely evaporating through. You know, even though he's being brought back as a man with all these memories, uh, you know, it, it, the the fact that his humanity is 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 evaporating, I think, is is a very potent idea. And you know, I think one of the the exchanges in the sequence that really kind of st- struck me was, you know. Like he kind of talks like how in the beginning, 
as he's as he's dying, he's he's kind of having the the Peter under the 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 tons of steel and debris moment of you know I failed these people who count on me who need me, um, which is you know like the the, the classic Spider Man um, idea. Um, and then as through each iteration, he then turns to not even that, that the people who need him, he starts thinking about how he needs those people. And I, and I, I just liked that inversion of the, the, the classic Spider-Man trope. Um, what did you think of that? Yeah, I loved it too. I mean, I, I bought it hook, you know, all the way through and, uh, and you know, the, the bursting out of his, you know, shackles and, and, and punching miles warren i i believed it entirely i thought for sure you know even if he killed miles i think i would have bought it you know watching someone kind of be pushed to that you know to that edge uh uh and the visualization by common Cauley with the kind of like shattered and fractured memories i thought was really effective too and i you know i've been critical of of common Cauley how he you know, has his characters kind of posed. They're, they typically seem very stiff, but one thing he's been good at is, you know, kind of tortured facial expressions. And if there was ever a book for that, it's here. And I think he really pulls it off. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, that's the thing, too. I mean, not even just tortured. Fa- it, 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 there was more than just torture there. There was a lot of complicated emotions in those faces. And, you know, I think you, I've talked to you. I mean, my one of my big criticisms of Kamo has always been, um, I find that his that he does costumes better than people, but I think this the people came through very clearly. I mean the the, the gamut of emotions, um, yeah, and like that moment of him breaking the shackles. It's 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 such a really great dark twist on on what we've seen before because like you know the fact that Peter is not you know. <laughs> You know, with with Spider Man, you know, in all those great moments of the past, whether it's him, you know, lifting the steel up or or, or crawling out of the grave or whatever, it's you know, he, he he's getting powered by wanting to be there for the people that he loves, you know, because they need him, they rely on him, and the, and and there's like this kind of there's a that a really demented selfishness to the idea that, um. With Ben, what 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 was the motivation? wasn't wasn't what he needed to do for other people. It's what those people did for him. I mean, it's 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 like it it really does kind of make him the 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 dark mirror of Peter, um, which might explain how. Yeah, he's still, I guess, inherently good, but with a twist, right? I I, I am I am I making sense here? Yeah, I mean it it it, it um it, it reframes the, the responsibility that he has to be like uh, um I have to pay those people back instead of instead of like I have to you know be supportive of those people. Um I don't know it, it's such a subtle difference. It's hard to even like put into words, but um but it's a difference. There's yeah, no question. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and, and and I think it's enough of a difference to to set him on a darker path than what he was prior to the storyline. And maybe not even like a darker path, just a different orientation for how he feels like he can should accomplish his goals. You know, like uh, Peter is about like protecting people so that it doesn't happen again. 
and Ben is going to be about like kind of doing whatever he can for those people. If right. that makes any different, I mean, yeah. both are good intentioned. I think. And then there's this idea that he has, you know, he has the pa- this unique power, so you know he's responsible to do something with it. Um, but that's, I mean, and, and this is where there's a little bit of a slippery slope for me that kind of develops, which is like, so you know, once he kind of breaks free and, um, you know, starts experimenting on on Miles Warren, it's like, well, I. I discovered the missing link. You just have to take this pill. And I'm kind of like, wait, like Peter was never some kind of great biologist, right? I mean, like this, this seems yeah. like a, like a leap, right? Like big leap, right? I mean, to me, it like falls into the territory of like, you know, the stuff we were getting during big time. And even now during the Parker industry, it's where it's like, I just invented this cryo freeze, you know, machine that can save all the world's problems or I invented Wi-Fi, portable Wi-Fi on people's wrists, you know. It to me I, I never liked any of those things because they just seem so like to me the webbing should have been like pretty much the extent, the height of Peter's ingenuity. You know, like he built this awesome thing enough that it becomes part of his superpowers, you know? Um I don't know that like yeah, just to get, I whip it out, but like I think it's consistent with how Dan Slott has approached science with Peter, which is like it's just this mag- magic fix-all, and I don't like that, but that's how it's been treated. Yeah, it's definitely a bit of a Dewey's Machina, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. just like I can do this now. Um, and, but, and yes, I say, but what he does with it is really cool. Uh, the tricking Miles Warren into thinking that he is a clone that can degenerate is awesome because, like, this is a villain that is unbeatable. You know, he's immortal, right? He could always have a clone somewhere. The only way you beat Miles Warren is doing something like this to him, convincing him, like, by getting him under your thumb. Because you can't kill all the Miles Warrens, but you can, you know, subvert their power and make them completely powerless, and that's how you do it. And I thought this was one of the coolest things that Dan Slott has done in his comic. Yes, it's kind of a cheat how he gets there. But, like, you take a basically unbeatable villain and render him completely powerless. Yeah, well, you render him powerless via a mind mind game, which is what he is known for. I mean, you, he, out, he outfoxed the jackal. I mean, or outjackled the jackal, I, I guess, you know. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Of course, you know, Miles just so happens to have a scarlet suit and the uh, the the Anubis mask in his closet at the lab. I guess did you notice that? Yeah, but there seemed to be somewhat of a time jump there because like, <laughs> I know. they were kind of already following him. Yeah, but like I I, I I liked how he had the new costume in a closet next to the original Jackal costume, and then like the Jackal trench coat edition. Well, what, um, I, what I didn't get about that is he has the Jackal like costume from the '90s, but he has a mask from the '90s. But it was my understanding that the Jackal in the '90s was a genetic, you know, alteration to himself, right? I mean, he wasn't wearing a mask then, was he? I don't think so, no. Yeah, so why is there a mask? I mean, it's the jackal. You can't trust anything he says. But at a certain point, like, he wasn't wearing a mask. Right. <laughs> I, I don't right. know. Eh. It's a weird logical inconsistency, I think. 
Don't worry about it. We'll move on. Okay. Is my memory of the Clone Saga better than I think it is? Well, you know, I mean, you know, after spending an hour and a half with Howard Mackey and Terry, you know, like it's 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 possible that all these things just came rushing back to you. Yeah, um, exactly. But um, I mean, you talk about those some like logic issues. I mean, you know, we talked about what we did learn, and and I think we're both in agreement that we buy kind of the the transformation here. But you know, there's still some issues here about like with Ben in terms of like why did he bring back the villains? Why is he working with Rhino and Electro? Why like all this weird secrecy and and pretending he's somebody that he's not? Um, you know, these are these are these major character developments that would paint the jackal as as a villain, um, which I guess what? We're we're just kind of explaining them away now i don't know like what what, what's what's your take on that i mean are we just giving giving that up and just going with it yeah why break into maximum security facilities to steal these character you know these villains like there's yeah there's so many things like not only that the villains are brought back but that his ways of doing it were so twisted and and weird, you know, and, and the other things like, you know, when we first saw the lizard, you know, uh, getting, you know, Martha and Billy Connors back and the rhino getting, you know, his, you know, wife back, they all make reference to like, I know you, I've worked with you before. And it's like, uh, were, were they acknowledging him as the jackal? Was he wearing the mask then? His face was blurred out, which means he probably wasn't wearing the mask. Right. Uh, yeah, there's, it's just, I don't know that this reveal with this answer still holds up to, to scrutiny like you're saying. Yeah, I mean it's almost like – I don't know. Like part of this story got written before we knew exactly that we were going to be using Ben Riley. Maybe maybe there was issues with you know, getting all the green lights for Ben Riley. So we kind of have a little bit of a – trap door to escape out of if they got if they were able to pull it off but if not then it would have just been miles warren i don't know <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, I, yeah i mean i i always go back to that image uh, uh you know from the issue where he broke the lizard out from the from the prison where you can see the glasses frames coming around yes. his head and it's like that's clearly not Ben Riley. He's never worn glasses, so and he's got like salt and pepper hair too in that scene, doesn't he? I yeah, mean, he does. Yeah, and and like which I thought was maybe blonde hair, which is why I made my my ridiculous joke about it being Kid Miracle Man. Where in reality, if it, if I thought I saw blonde hair, if if we want to no prize it and say it was blonde hair, I guess it could be Ben's dye job, right? I mean, yeah, but he said specifically that he didn't dye his hair in the previous issue, and no, I I, I know, I'm just like I'm yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm reaching around here, <laughs> and now Dan Slot is going around saying that it was actually Ben Riley who was the jackal during Spider. Island, which I don't buy at all. No, absolutely not. No, you can say that all you want, but it was not written that way. No, you can't no. make yourself look that good. Um, no, sorry, Dan. Good slot. Um, <laughs> and then, I mean, you know, again, going with leaps of faith and whatnot, I mean, that just kind of brings us to the final point, which is, you know, we're still kind of stuck on this idea of. Um, you know, the issue ending with Peter asking to hear more from Ben about 
this whole bringing people back from the dead thing in regards to Uncle Ben. And, like, I don't know. Like, I am just not convinced enough yet that there is a universe out there besides the Dan Slot universe where Peter would say that's a good idea. And, and, and it's taking – it's that – leap of faith that i just cannot make that's having which is making this story a tough sell for me as a whole i'm much more on board it than you are i think um i mean i wish that it wasn't as like snidely whiplash of a villain where he's got uncle ben's dead body in a crate behind him i mean i think if if he's trying to do this he's doing it in about the most inelegant way you could possibly like break that news to someone but i do think that like peter would at least because he doesn't give an answer here i do think that peter would after hearing the story at the very least ponder the question of bringing people back especially if it's a version of himself that's selling him the idea you know undoing and making up for his original sins is kind of what has propelled him for his entire time as spider-man um I just I think he would consider it, especially since he doesn't know about the carrion virus stuff. But again, the villains and all of that stuff, it complicates it to the point that you're right. Like he would look at it with a bit of a side eye. Um, but in terms of this issue, I really bought Ben's final speech where he says, you know, you feel like you don't deserve it. But even if you don't, don't the others, don't, don't they deserve to be, you know, have a chance. I thought that was at least compelling, a compelling argument. Yeah, it's it, I it's compelling, but I I like I said, we're 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 being asked to believe something about a character which you know, I guess what it boils down to is yeah, in 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 this universe that has been laid out over the last few years in Spider-Man, I can see this happening, but you know, when I go back and read all those classic stories, Dan, I just I don't see how the character can get from there to here. But and, and that's just kind of where things get muddy for me. But yeah, I mean, the whole Jerry thing, Jerry Salteras or whatever. And right. Spider-Man has seen that guy go through the cellular degeneration and the breakdown into that creepy, you know, eyes and and. And nervous system in a tube, you know. Uh, right. Yeah. I mean, it is a lot to buy. Um, yeah. But I do think the question at the heart of it is still really interesting. All right. Do you want to get to a grade here? Yeah, sure. Um, I'm giving this one a B. All right. And I'm just a notch below you. I'm going to say a B minus. So probably one of my better grades for this series so far. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, at the end of the day, you know, we haven't been loving this story, but I think about this and Spider-Verse and Ends of the Earth. Right. Even if this isn't perfect, I think it's still a lot better than those two stories. That I can agree to that. Yeah. So, so there you go. All right. Well, why don't we uh, get to some comments and emails, Dan? Sure. Well, of course, you can email us at amazingspidertalk at gmail.com if you got a question or, you know, you just want to check in and say hi. 
Uh, you could also tweet at both Dan and I on Twitter with the hashtag OK to print if you want us to talk about what you're tweeting to us on the air. Uh, then, of course, there's the, the voicemail system at 9 Red Goblin. Uh, hopefully the Red Goblin himself doesn't call and scare us because uh, it's scary and I don't like it. It makes me unsettled. I'm still uh, waiting for his famous quiches to be, you know, uh, to be made. Oh, yes, that's true. The quiches. Um, hopefully with American bacon. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's important. And then- Yes. And then um, lastly, of course, you know, we, we want to hear your comments and reviews for the show on our iTunes accounts and on Google Play and YouTube. So, um, you know, leave us a rating and a score and a couple of words, kind or otherwise, and we'll read them on the air. So uh, speaking of which, we got one from John Laduc from Canada. Laduc. It looks French, John, uh, Dan. Um, and because he, he's from Canada, so maybe he's French Canadian. Uh, five out of five stars. That's a good start. And, and John, John LD writes, as someone who's been reading Spider-Man for about 30 years, I'm truly enjoying this podcast. I've been binging on episodes for a few weeks now. Great idea to have retrospective episodes for the best stories. And the interviews are always great. I think my favorite so far is the Ron Friends interview. Which one? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I was glued to my seat for that one. Least favorite probably was Howard Mackey interview. Sorry, guys. Oh, Howard, we love you. And Terry, too. Come on back. We can talk clones some more. Uh, Mark and Dan, really, I know. Uh, Mark and Dan really know what they're talking about, and I love their passion for the character. I look forward to each new episode. Well, thanks so much, John. We really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we got an email from, I think, a newer listener. Um it goes like this. Hey, guys, my name is Joseph, and I've been a big Spider-Man fan for as long as I can even remember. Just a quick question, though. I have a lot of Spider-Man graphic novels, but I wouldn't mind getting issues instead. But my problem is I just don't know where to start. Any ideas? Uh, Mark, this is something that I think we get a lot of. People, you know, they want to start collecting or they want to read on a week-to-week basis or, I guess, bi-weekly basis. And they just don't really know where to begin. And uh, I've got like a a two-word answer for this, but maybe we can discuss it a little more. My two-word answer is just start – or even three words, just start wherever. Uh, Yeah. But uh, Mark, you know, when when you you talk to people about maybe starting to buy single issues, like what what would your advice to them be? Oh, man. I mean mean, that's the thing. I always tell people – if they're like total newbies to Spider-Man, I mean, I always tell them find the collection with the first 38 issues in it. You know what I mean? Like, and then, and then find a couple of collections with the Roger Stern issues in it and maybe some DeFalco and friends in there. And then, you know, you can probably read some of the newer stuff to, to kind of get into that. But in terms of like going back and buying the individual single issues, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, <sighs> Probably the best place to go is, you know, find find a creator that or a creative team that you really enjoy and 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 kind of go back to their first few issues and 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 try and pick them up and try and go in order from there. I mean, I I think that's just, you know, usually, 
usually creative teams, creative runs, they each kind of have their own flavor and voice to it. So, you know, if you're a DeFalco fan, go and get those first few DeFalco issues. If you're a Jay and Michael Straczynski fan, get those issues. I mean, am I, am I off base here, Dan? Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, and if this, he's not looking to collect necessarily, he just wants to read, you know, right. see, see where, um, you know, your graphic novels, you know, leave off and go and pick up the most recent, you know, couple of uh, single issues that you don't already have and just, you know, get a pull box or get a subscription and, and, and read from there. And then if there's anything you're missing, you know, listen to our show. We do a great job of giving you a lot of context. So, you know, hopefully you won't be too lost. And if you do, if you've listened to our essentials and you're like, I really want to read that story, then maybe you go back and buy the single issues for that. But I think the graphic novel collections are a really great way to read. Um, I mean, if I if I wasn't the insane collector that I was, I'd be buying the essentials and 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 buying the stuff on Comicsology to catch up rather yeah. than uh, than buying single issues. Um, yeah, and if you're if you're looking for um individual back issues and and you don't know where to start there i mean you know i i've mentioned the site so much they really should be sponsoring us uh my comic shop is such a great place to do that um because they don't just sell like high you know collectible comics i mean they their library is pretty exhausted and 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 you can probably find almost any back issue from like the last 30 years on that site so if you want to like hey i want to get these five issues from this arc from 1994, you'll probably find it on my comic shop. So yeah, and if you and if you're enjoying the Dan Slot stuff, I mean his his run is pretty cohesive. You know, if you go out and pick up the first big time stuff, you know, like it's a pretty you know straight through story till we are now. You know, in many ways, it feels like we're coming to an end to it. Yeah. All right. Well, hopefully that that gives you some direction, and um, you know. Good, good luck and happy buying. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk some spider news. Spider-Man, Spider-Man does whatever a spider can. Spins a web any size, catches thieves just like flies. Look out. Here comes the Spider-Man. Well, Mark, we were talking about collecting single issues, and I think... Most of our news this week comes out of the solicits for all the single issues that are going to be coming out in March of, uh, I guess, next year slash this year, uh, 2017. Right. We are in that like you know vague in-between point right now. So you could be listening to this in 2017. Uh, but uh, yeah, the first big one is that – guess what? The Clone Conspiracy, the five issues of it was not enough. We just announced we've got the Clone Conspiracy Omega, even though we never had an Alpha, uh, which is typically the case for things like this. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, that's kind of kind of wrap everything up here with the Rhino and the Lizard. But the bigger news is that in the back of this book, we're getting a first look at uh, a Peter David, Mark Bagley uh, uh, a series that's going to be launching, and they're coy on what it is, but um, I think it's not even really much of a secret anymore uh, because I've even heard from listeners of the show who have been emailing me about this that Peter David is walking around conventions telling people that he's writing a new Ben Riley book. So 
it looks like whether it's called Ben Riley or Scarlet Spider Volume Two or Three or whatever volume it is, <laughs> uh, we're getting another Ben Riley comic, and he seems to have made it out of the clone conspiracy. Um, I'm guessing maybe that body that um, Doctor Octopus is cooking up in his lab is going to be for Ben Riley himself. Um, Mark, thoughts on, first of all, this creative team, and then thoughts on the existence of Ben Riley in the Spider-Verse? Oh, well, um, yay, another book. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, we'll see. I, 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 I'm, I'm excited to see Bagley back on a Spider-Book for certain. Um, you know, I, I'm, I've been kind of this way and that with some of Peter David's stuff over the last few years, but, um, you know, who seems to, he was sick, right? And then he seems to be doing better now. Is that what's going on? Yeah. Apparently he went to the hospital because he couldn't stand up and this is not associated with the Romani in any way. No, Uh, no. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, sorry. That was probably not very nice, but he he went to the hospital, but uh, now he's back out again. I mean, people who don't know, the Peter was in a coma for a number of years. Yeah, was it a coma? A month. Uh, I think it was weeks. I mean, he had a weeks, stroke and yeah, yeah. Uh, wasn't doing so well. So. so, I mean, it's a miracle that he is even alive to begin with. So, um, you know, that he's writing Spider-Man comics is a whole other thing. Um, but yeah, so he's back in the hospital. And everybody was a little scared, you know. But it seems as though he's recovered. Um, all right. Well, but, uh, what, I mean, what about Mark Bagley? Are you super excited about that? Yeah, definitely. I mean, Bags, I mean, we love him. I, I, I think that's easy to say. I mean, it seems like he just can't shake Spider-Man even when he tries to. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, um, but you know, especially if it is uh, a Ben Riley book. I mean, since, you know, I mean, Bags is essentially one of the co-creators of, of the whole Scarlet Spider persona. So, um, you know. This should be this should be fun. We'll see. We'll see. I don't know. I mean, you know, this is so many books out. I mean, and even though it looks like later in this little news segment we might be losing some books, I I I, I do feel like we're little little book fatigued right now in terms of the Spider Office. They 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 are definitely churning them out. <laughs> well, my bigger thing is that like we now have have like about like what half a dozen characters with Spider Man's powers. You know, like. I mean, Spider-Verse, the point of it was essentially to, whether you made, think it made the point or not, like say that Peter is special. But I can't help but feel that Peter is getting less special by the week uh, here with all these new characters having his powers, even if Ben Riley is an old character. That's true. Um, yeah, no, no argument for me there, but that's... I mean, ima- imagine if the Clone Saga, the first, the second Clone Saga came out today and it was like oh there's another guy out there that looks like you and has your powers and it's like all right we'll get in line yeah <laughs> <know>? exactly <laughs> yeah um so the other the uh, one of the other uh new solicits was for uh, amazing spider-man number 25 which is going to be a a nine dollar and 99 cent issue my god uh with 40 pages of main story a bunch of backups and who's the new artist that's joining the team dan this is this is a pretty big one well i mean we're we're going back into the ultimate spider-man uh you know pool here again (laughs) uh stuart eminen uh who took over for mark bagley on that title is 
coming in. I, I can't wait for this. Uh, I love Stuart's artwork. I think he's awesome. And if you haven't listened to our interview with him, you know, definitely go do that. But, uh, I mean, I think he's a rare talent in comics. And, you know, Dan Slott has just been spoiled, I feel like, on his book. He gets to work with just about everybody, uh, you know, over the years. So I think this is really cool. I don't, I don't know, Mark, how do you feel about Stuart? Do you like, are you a big fan of his? Um, I mean, I, you know me with Ultimate. I came to it kind of late in the game. Um, so I certainly enjoy his artwork from that, but like, I didn't like discover it fresh. So I, I don't know if this has the same impact on me that it does with someone like you who has been following, you know, followed that series from day one pretty much. So, um, uh, did you, but read, hey. did you read any of his work on the latest volumes of Spider-Man? Not Spider-Man, um, I mean, Star Wars. Yes. Yeah. No, his, his, his artwork is great. I mean, yeah. it's just, you know, we'll see. I mean, I feel like whenever we kind of get these like flashy stars as artists on books, um, for, on, on the spider books, they never seem to last because I think like the, the schedule just eats them up and spits them out. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, absolutely. Um, common Coley's doing a backup story in that. And then there seems to be these other two kind of throwaway backup stories, uh, $9.99 for a book. I think they're getting a bit greedy here, especially considering yeah. that Omega is four ninety nine. I mean, yeah, yeah. Put it, save, save your, your pennies that month guys. Yeah. Yikes. Um, so we got, um, Venom and it sounds like, uh, that new series, which is uh, so far so good with that. But it looks like, uh, Venom is going to go back to fighting Spider-Man in issue number five. So, um, that's pretty cool. Right. I'm just happy to see this character getting back to his roots, you know? Like, I think we got so far away from the Spider family. Like, even with Matt Gargan. I mean, he was posing as Spider-Man for a while, but, like, to me, Venom works best as a Spidey villain. And I'm looking forward to seeing him back again as a Spidey villain. Yeah, we, we I think we, we need a little fresh realignment and I think with the way this character is being framed right now, it'll be a fresh realignment. So I think the editors are keenly aware that the Venom as a property is total like is still valuable, but like they basically pushed it as far as they could go. Yeah. Um and then the lastly, um it says here that it looks like Spider Woman is coming to a close. What gives you that impression? Did we not get a solicit for March? Or, no, um... we, we did. Um, and in the issue, there's a bunch of spoilery stuff on the cover of the issue um, that kind of ruins the story that we're doing right now. Um, but it shows Spider Woman's car kind of driving off into the distance away from the reader, which you uh... know, is kind of a, an interesting sign. But then, even more than that, um, Javier Rodriguez. Posted on Facebook, and I'm not sure that he was supposed to do this, but he wrote <laughs> it in Spanish, and I translated it, and it said, this is my last cover for Spider-Woman. Um, and, yeah, it could be that he's leaving, but has, he's done all the covers and has continued to do the covers while he's not on the book. I get the sense that maybe the sales have finally caught up to this awesome title. Yeah, it's true. I mean, that's that's it wouldn't shock me. Um although I still don't know how 2099 is still kicking around. I mean, it sells th- those... better than Spider-Woman. And yeah. I don't know what twisted universe that's a reality, but uh Right. I wonder if just the name Spider-Man has more cachet than Spider-Woman. 
Right. Um, or maybe, or maybe they need to get Bendis on the book or something. I'm sure Bendis would love to write Spider Woman again. I mean, it's yeah, like yeah. that's like always been like his white whale to get a Spider Woman, a Jessica Drew series. But uh, I will be sad to see it go if that's the case. Um, but it remains my favorite series. So yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe that's also, you know, with one book gone, with one book coming, another book leaving, you know, like, <laughs> keep, we'll see how much longer Prowler lasts for too after Clone Conspiracy. Yeah, I, I've not seen the numbers of, on the sales of that book, but I can't imagine it's great. Although I liked this most recent issue. I have not read it yet, so um, no spoilers. Okay, no spoilers. Ah! Um, all right, Dan, well, why don't you take us on home? All right. Well, of course, you can find all of our new Amazing Spider Talk and Superior Spider Talk podcasts over at SuperiorSpiderTalk.com or find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and YouTube by searching for Amazing Spider Talk. And if you do, like we said earlier, please make sure you leave us a review. Uh, We love getting those reviews. It's really how our community grows. Yeah, and additionally, be sure to check out our brother podcast, The Ultimate Spin, if you want to keep up with the adventures of Miles Morales and Spider-Gwen Stacy, um, which we're getting closer and closer to that team-up issue, huh? Yeah, right. That that podcast, it's like the planets are aligning for them. <laughs> uh, well, Dan, um, where where can we find you on the internet? Well, you can find me on the, uh, on the uh, Facebook uh, I'm I'm actually moderating the Amazing Spider Talk uh, a Facebook group, which is kind of a fun discussion group for all of us fans out there. So come join us and get in on the conversation. You can uh, follow me also on Twitter at at sup spider talk, um, and you can read my top twenty movies of the year over on my website grindmyreels.com. How about you, Mark? Uh, Dan, just just as a quick, 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 quick sidebar, I want to say I saw Rogue One this past week, and you and I are in agreement on a Star Wars movie, this and it's is a great it's, news. it's positive agreement. I this mean, is great so, news. Yeah, I liked how you joked with me. Yeah, you probably won't like Rogue One. <laughs> <laughs> Jerk. I thought it was great, um, and it's on your top twenty list. Spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> so is. yeah, you can find me, of course, on. Twitter at chasing ASM blog. Uh, and you can find me on superior spider talk, reviewing the new ASMs and clone conspiracies. And, uh, we're kind of wrapping through our lost gems. Uh, I, we, we might get one more out, um, but maybe not in 2016, <laughs> just kind of the calendar slipped away from me, Dan. Uh, but we'll have a new feature going, uh, in January too, with some retro issues. So there you go. Look for that. So, uh, it was, uh, it was ambitious, Mark. It was ambitious. <laughs> yeah, well, we, we we're trying, you know. I, I I wanted to come back strong, and I felt like we had some good lost gem issues in there, right? I mean, certainly some ones I got feedback from you where you were like, "I got to reread this," or "I got to read this again," you know. So, if I reached you, Dan, I reached one person, and that's great. That's great. Yeah, you did. I I am eagerly looking to reread or read some of them for the first time, even. Yes. Um, there you go. Mark, you know, last time we were on the show, we uh, talked about bringing your Uncle Ben back to life and all the horrible hijinks involved. And maybe hijinks is too kind of a word for the awful disaster that he got into. But um, I heard that it took several attempts to even get that right, if you want to call getting that right, right. So uh, can you speak to your kind of like scientific process? What what do you think about going into, uh, you know, these kind of experiments? Well, you know, I, I 
let me let me just kind of jump to the finish line. So you know, in in, in kind of. Bring, trying to bring Uncle Ben back and and killing him off a few times and you know I was pretty twisted in how I killed him off by the way but I found the missing link Dan what was that so as I was concocting my genetic soup to regenerate my Uncle Ben um you know I was stirring the pot double double toil and trouble and um how very you bewitching know, yes very bewitching um and. You know, like I was, I was, um, at the same time, I wanted to have some breakfast. So I crack a couple eggs on the fry pan. Uh, I go into my freezer because I wanted to get some good old fashioned American bacon. And, um, you know, I, I grabbed the package that said bacon on it, Dan. And I put the, what was in the package on the griddle. And it was those freaking circles, Dan. You know those cir- you, you know what circular bacon is, Dan. You know what kind of bacon it is. It, it, I think it's Canadian. Yeah. And I'm just like I'm like so pissed off. So I like take my my griddle. I just slam it down on the stovetop next to the genetic soup. The Canadian bacon flops up into the th- into the air into the genetic soup. And would you know that was my missing link. Freaking Canadian bacon. I went then regenerated Uncle Ben successfully, but you know what I did? I freaking killed him because he was made out of Canadian bacon, Dan, and that shouldn't be allowed to exist. And, and as I was murdering him passionately with so much anger, he said to me, with great podcasts must also come amazing spider talk. Happy New Year, Canadian bacon. <laughs>